bro. Asian Avengers. So weak. The Asian, <laughs> Asian Avengers. So weak. So, so fuckable, bro. You know? Whoa. Whoa. There's five Asian guys together. Got wow. Together. Did you ever um, go through a stealing phase? Do I think everyone should have a gun? Maybe. Or you can look me up. I don't care. I'll fight you. I don't care. You want to get high as fuck? You, you like opium? Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Asian Not Asian Podcast, a podcast where two Asian guys not from Asia talk about American issues no American cares about. I'm your host, Fumi Abe. I'm Mike Nguyen. And welcome. This is our 59th episode. Yeah, yeah. Quick shout out to our network, Listening Party and Canal Street Radio. Check those guys out on Instagram at Listening Party Presents and at Canal Street Market. And if you're listening on your phones right now on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever, take a screenshot. Take a screenshot right now. Post it on Instagram in the form of a story. Tag us at Asian Not Asian. Asian pod and if you say something nice we'll retweet it and then it's gonna make your day because you're obsessed with us mm-hmm. uh, Mike you're going to San Francisco you want to talk about that real oh, quick oh yes uh, San Francisco Bay Area fans I uh, will be <laughs> what fans <laughs> you sound like the president like, fans 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 believers by the way our, uh, on our little secret Facebook page yeah they started calling you the fucking oh really yeah we should have names for ourselves on oh, here. I want a whole bunch of nicknames yeah. just like Jesus Miro have Mike Nguyen, a.k.a. The Fucking. The Fucking. A.k.a. Nice Pants, bro. Yes. A.k.a. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, I like I like Fucking. I'm going to go with that. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I need, I need to come up, maybe I can be the emperor. <laughs> <laughs> the Sunrise Emperor. Sunrise Mart Emperor. Um, okay, but anyway, San yeah, Francisco. San Francisco, I'll be there uh, 9th through the 14th, really. Uh, but I will be at uh, diff- different shows. Check my Instagram for that. I'll be doing something at the setup on the 12th, 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock, uh, on the 9th and on the 10th. So check, check it out, it. check it out. Also, quick shout out to our newest Patreon members. Uh, this week we have one because we recorded a couple days ago. Shout out to Alan Liu yep. for giving us some money. L-U. That's a Chinese name, I think. For sure. Very Chinese. Alan, first name. I already got it. Really? Chinese. Alan's yep. a Chinese. Alan is a very Chinese American name. It is. It is. It really is. Yeah. So thank you, Alan, for donating. And again, listeners, if you don't know what we're doing right now, uh, if, if you want to make a donation to our show on Patreon, we'll give you a shout out on the show. And you can have access to bonus episodes and other rewards that you can find out on uh, patreon.com slash Asian, not Asian pod. Sweet. And um, before we get to our guest, I want to tell a little, a little oh, mi- yes. a mini story of the okay, week. So Something I, I, happened to me. I saw... So we have this little like guide that tells us what to talk about mm-hmm, next. Mm-hmm. And it said here, Fumi at Knitting Factory. And mm-hmm. I was like, Fumi, you got to do the Knitting Factory, which is a really big show for people at our level. It's a pretty big show. It's a very big show. In general. Drop-ins uh, include Aziz Ansari. Yes. Michael Che, people of that level. It was started by um, Hannibal Buress. So it's a big it's a deal. Big deal. Uh, and I was like, Fumi, you got to Knitting Factory. This is amazing. Yeah. But what but, was it? But then I was like, no, I just went. <laughs> I just attended. <laughs> no, you know, the knit, the, the knit, as we as say, we Knit, as we say, that's a show that we all want to do, okay? It's like the hot girl of comedy. We all want to bang her. <laughs> but she, you know, she's very selective. She is. Only seven comedians at a time. Only selective. seven comedians at a time. Right? And not always two Asian people at the same Exactly, time. exactly. So, you know, I go there, I support the show, you know, make sure they know who I am. And, uh, you know, I, it's, it's a very good show. I would recommend it's that show. show. It's anybody show. wants to go, it's every Sunday at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. in Williamsburg at Nanny Factory. Yep. And, uh, you know, I was just watching, I was watching the show, minding my own business, laughing, you know, chuckling. <laughs> You know, mm. just enjoying mm-hmm. a comedy show. And then uh, there was, somebody was doing some... Cra- I'm not going to say what it is. Somebody was doing some crowd work. Uh-oh. And uh, it turns out that there was this black girl dating an Asian guy. Whoa. Okay. And, uh, you know, that's rare. Huh? That's rare, but, like, not a crazy combination. No. It happens. Yeah. Every 30 years, it happens. It does. You know? And 
you know, doing some crowd work, and then she, the comedian said something like, uh, "Oh, I, I was like, I, I think it's so cute when uh, an Asian or a black girl is dating an Asian guy." Blah, blah, blah. And she goes, "I would never do it." Blah, 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 blah. But she did that little thing. I would never do it. Ooh. And then people go, "Oh!" Uh, Some people laugh, but I heard a lot of "Oh!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know what happened. I think this podcast, this podcast made me sensitive. Uh, <laughs> I, I felt sad. Yeah, you know? really. Because some people were laughing, and I was like, "Man, like that's not cool." People, people don't know this. Fumi generally does does not care about no, Asian stuff. I'm a comedy Republican. You are. I like that stuff usually. But yeah, yeah. This you comedy, you made me. You made me woke. <laughs> you made I wouldn't me call, woke. I would definitely not call you woke. 58 but episodes later, you made me woke. You, we you finally, with, I didn't even know what microaggression was at episode one. Yeah, now finally, after 58 episodes, you are like back at what I was ninth grade. <laughs> In, you know, like barely even aware of it. So you got a little sad about it. I, it. I was just annoyed. I didn't, I didn't. It's annoying. I didn't care that this person decided to make that joke because. You know, I'm not saying this person's not funny. Sometimes I say dumb shit on stage on the spot because oh, you're sure. not thinking. For sure. It's just, I was annoyed that some people laughed. I wish that everybody would have been like, boo. <laughs> That's what I wanted. I wanted to just boo. I wish that everybody immediately started making out with the Asian guy right then and there. Yeah, but it's, it was also weird because, uh, you know, this comedian wasn't white. So it's like, this is an interesting little thing. Oh, yeah. Right? For so sure. uh, obviously there's a whole thing about how, you know, white people look down on Asian men, especially blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Whatever. But this wasn't this wasn't a this wasn't a white comedian, so it's like different flavor. Yeah, Still yeah, hurtful. Yeah, yeah. Different flavor. Definitely E2 Brutus. That's yes. what it and is. And I thought of um this bit you had one time about what it's like being an Asian guy. Is that all, at, all at, my bits are like that. <laughs> <laughs> all my bits are you know what it's like being an Asian guy? Well you had this really funny bit on the podcast about if you if if you want to know what it feels like to be an Asian guy, you have to be prepared at all times oh, yeah. <laughs> for somebody to tell you they're not gonna fuck you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Just at any time, you could just be sitting there and finishing your marketing presentation going, yeah. okay, fantastic. And as you can see, our uh, estimates are going to uh, go up for esti- for quarter four. That'll be great. Any questions? Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to fuck you. Okay, <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. Any other questions? Yes. Anything yes. about people not wanting to fuck me? Exactly. So at any time. It, it just annoyed me, and I was like thinking about it all night. No, and, no. Uh, my, girlfriend wanted, my girlfriend wanted to have sex, but I was like, no, I'm not in the mood. No. And, and she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, ah, it's fine. So she, there you go. She she's she she's she wanted some of that. She wanted some of the foomies. The fooms. I know, but the I emperor. Want, I want everybody to want the fooms. You uh, see. Yeah. So, anyways, that's my little little story of the week. That's what it is. Like a microaggression isn't like, oh, I'm really hurt, but it's like I got a rock in my shoe. Yes. And you're just like, I got this rock in my shoe. I got a rock in my shoe. And like, and people and it was like, racist. <laughs> it's a racist rock. It's a racist and rock. And people are like, yo, what's, are you okay? You're walking kind of funny. And you're just like, oh, oh you're walking kind it's of nothing. It's not a big deal. It's yeah. Just don't worry about it. Let's just keep, just don't worry about it. And then you just have to deal with the rock in your shoe. And you can't, we can't do anything about it until you get home, take the rock out. Right, 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 right. So the rock is still in my shoe. The rock um, is still in your shoe. Welcome to the rock and shoe club <laughs> anyways i don't have a solution for this but i just wanted the listeners to know that um i wanted the anals to know asian not asian listeners anals yeah. i wanted all the anals to know that uh, i'm hurting and i could i could use a nice dm <laughs> yeah that's Ladies, true i could use yeah, a nice dm uh, get, get a nice dm um because uh you know messages from your significant other mean nothing mean nothing a sex offer from my sex significant offer from your nothing. Nothing. nothing i don't nothing. want that i want i want a stranger to tell me you're not so bad um Okay. So, okay. Uh, I think uh, it's about time. I, I feel that our guest is, is chomping at the bit to yeah. get up on this. She's uh, usually our guests don't laugh at her shit when they're waiting. Yeah. 
but they're the, on their the phone guest today, she's smiling. She's yeah. gonna give vibes. I laugh a lot, guys. Oh, she's talking. Oh, she's talking. She's talking. We'll just, I'll just speed this up. Our <laughs> guest is the Asian Forces editor at uh, Huffington Post. Uh, covers a lot of uh, things related to Asian American uh, identity and the Asian American community and representation. Mm-hmm. Uh, she joins us now here on the podcast. Give it up for Kimberly Yam. Yeah. It's actually Yam. I'm gonna correct yom. you guys. Yom. It's Yam because Asian people have to at, at least Asian people. To know, you know, that's very true. Oh, yeah. that's very I've never met a yam before. What is a yam? yam? Um, it is not a sweet potato, I'll mm. say that much. It's not a starch. Did you get that a lot? Did you get I did, yeah, I yeah, actually yeah. did get that. Well, usually white people say yam, and I'm like, no, that, but that's not it, and mm. that's also really hurtful because that's what our people had to eat during the cultural revolution, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's yam, yeah. Um, it's actually, so it's a Cantonese name. The rest of my family, they're all Wrens. And then my dad had to go and get a Hong Kong citizenship. And now we are the laughing stock of a lot of white people all around the world. He had to get another name? He had to get, get oh, I see. He got a Cantonese name. He had so to get between, a Cantonese yeah, name. Yeah, so the, the Mandarin, the Mandarin turns into, Ren turns into Yam. Why? Why? How? What? How? How? Is, is that some, like, different dialects. Yeah. Oh, yeah, different dialects. The sounds are the same. You shouldn't be the same. The sound. sounds are different. That's the whole thing with Chinese dialects, right? It's the crazy. The spelling is the same, but, oh. the, but the pronunciation. The like, actual character is exactly the same. Yeah. Um, the actual sound is entirely oh, different. Oh, so I see yeah. what you're saying. Got so it's it. like learning a completely different language. What's the, so what's the um, character mean? The char- Oh, so that's this character. Oh, how convenient. Yeah, but I can read uh, kanji or Chinese letters, but I, I don't know what this is. This it means is king. Um, I have okay, so I don't really know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Gotcha. I should know. I know. I no, wasn't very good. prepared for this. Wow. Thanks for letting me know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it it means probably something very insightful, everyone. Um, That's so, good, yeah. and we'll just leave it at that. We'll yeah, just leave exactly. it at that. Mysterious. Yeah. Mysterious. Uh, uh, well, thank you for joining us. Um, and uh, you're you're a writer at HuffPo. I think we we just, you know, uh, I re- I saw in your bio too that you went to. Georgetown? Georgetown, yes. Georgetown, and then you went to the School of Foreign Service. Yes, I did. Did Um, you? Yeah. At at some point, I wanted to be Asian Madeleine Albright. You wanted to be a diplomat? Yeah, I did. Did Mm. you take the Foreign Service exam? I did not. Um, Uh. At some point along the way, so the thing about journalism is that every single day of your life is super different. Every single day of your life, you're talking to people from different walks of life, and it's, it is in the cheesiest way, it's the coolest job on earth. Um, And I think that at some point during my college career, I realized this and I didn't want to do the same thing every day. I get bored so easily with, with so many different things. And so I needed something that would keep me on top of my feet. Like I had to, I really like learning every day as Mm. like, dumb and cheesy as that. So I'm going to say a lot of like really basic things, mm-hmm, but I'm going to mm-hmm. lean into it. <laughs> it's okay, so yeah. it's not going to be basic at all. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You, got a, you got a Chinese tattoo on your arm. So I do. Yeah. I have, I have many Asian tattoos. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I just wanted to do something where I could be surprised every single day. Mm-hmm. And it, I wanted to be, I wanted it to be really cerebral. Okay. Um, because yeah, I just get bored really easily. So I need something where I have to think really hard every day. Did you, <laughs> so this is it. Is, did you, did you have a job before this that was like real boring? No. This mm-hmm. was your first job. Yeah, this is like straight out the gate. <clears throat> I was 21 when I first entered the journalism world. And uh, I think that is, 
and say, okay, first of all, shout out to Jessica Proyes, who is who is my first editor, who is probably the most brilliant person I've ever worked with, worked under. That was, you know, like to give this 21 year old kid a shot at, you know, journalism and like kind of a very mainstream and giant outlet. I think that is kind of crazy. I think back to who I was then and I was so insecure and like I was like, oh, you know, like I came from a school where um, I wasn't doing journalism. And so to take a shot and just go for it and trust me and just let me publish things I think is kind of insane I was literally 21 years old and people make this joke that I uh I hit puberty at HuffPost oh my god <laughs> and, like it's crazy yeah I'm 26 now and, and it's just I feel like I've been in the game like for so long but it's not quite true but but you know like the years spent in digital media it, it makes you kind of stronger because it's a really volatile industry but it's also very exciting yeah so. so is it not common for somebody out of college to get a job at like a buzzfeed or huffpo to write because I, I don't know anything about the journalism industry is that not common yeah i think in some ways it is if they have like kind of a feeder program um so i went into it with the fellowship program and it's kind of it's kind of like Hunger Games, you know, for yeah. writers. Yeah. And so like they put all of us like in these different teams and we see who lasts and not everyone lasts, <laughs> you know? And so- What are they not? What kind of games are they? Yeah, what, I mean, <laughs> how many people did you kill? Like what's that? What do you mean um, last? Um, in my a- lifetime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, so everybody kind of comes in and so, uh, you're put on different teams and I think you're assessed by, you know, like what you put out, your skill, your, oh, you know, like how quickly you can write, um, the stories that you pitch and, you know, after a certain amount of time, either you get hired or they let you go. And mm. so that was kind of the case for me. Mm. And so I killed off a couple people, but it's okay. I'm still yeah. here. Ha ha. <laughs> Suck it, bitches. <laughs> were, you, were you an intern? Were you getting paid? Um, I was getting paid like, oh my goodness. So back in the day I think the pay for fellows was $10 an hour and I remember Whoa. listen Yo, I remember I made more money in American Apparel dog <laughs> oh dude that's crazy I'm sure I was I swear to god I was late like three months late on rent and like at the <gasps> time I was living in this place that was crawling with cockroaches like you'd be taking a shower and you'd be like oh what's what's that on the wall and like you try to act normal, but it was disgusting. It, it was a very sad point in my life, but I wanted this so bad that I was like, okay, gotta stick it out. But it also speaks to the fact that I think digital media, the journalism industry in general is very white and very wealthy for a reason, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's very much set up so that, you know, some rich person's kid is gonna, you know, right, get right, in right, there right, right. much easier than someone like me, like a working class background. So I think that's something that I would love the entirety of the industry to keep in mind. It should be a lot more accessible than it was. Ooh. Right. I think if anything, do you feel it's more, I mean, I feel if any, like things are going down, like fucking BuzzFeed isn't what it used to be. Uh, there's no more Gawker. There's like a lot of consolidation of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you feel, cause it's only been five years or six years you've been in the business, but it's changed so much. Right. Right. Do you feel that it's gotten worse or better? You know? <laughs> I mean, what I will say about journalism is that you can't hide, you know, I think in other uh, industries, maybe if it's banking or something like that, or like, I don't know, any other industry, if someone's, if someone's really, really famous dad is something, it can usually 
get you in the door and you can just last there you know Mm -hmm. but in journalism you have to produce something that's for the public and so if you suck you suck and you're out you know you are absolutely yeah Yeah, yeah, and so i've always kind of loved that there is some sort of merit to it you know you cannot hide behind anything and then you know at some point people will notice do you have a good take on a certain issue are you able to think about like a second day story all these things are so important and if you're kind of dumb and not creative Mm -hmm. and you only have famous parents then then you can't really do anything with it you know so i have always appreciated that much i come from a kind of not the typical roots that a lot of people think of Asian America. I'm a Chinese restaurant kid and sometimes I feel like, you know, like I feel out of place because that's not what a lot of my peers are like. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, like I know I can write, I know I can think, this is why I'm here and this is why we all kind of last, you know? And so like that has always been the guiding kind of principle that I've lived my life in. It's just like, you know what? people can hate people can do whatever but like you're meant to be here because there's some sort of merit to the industry right 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 i feel um you know let me let me ask you this then if you know the industry is always about i I mean i don't know if you would agree if the industry now is like getting eyes on things getting clicks on stuff there is a merit but then do you ever think that like the merit isn't always in the right thing yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? No, like I Like, it's do. more about numbers, right? Because yeah. I know that in comedy, uh, some of my friends make content for, like, the Comedy Central Instagram page, and you can make something really funny, but they just go by views. Mm-hmm. So, it could be an amazing piece of comedy, but right. if it doesn't get as many views as the fat guy farting on screen, then the fat guy farting on screen gets to keep that job. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So yeah. that kind of... Yeah, right. yeah. Do you ever feel like what what is pop... What is what gets a lot of traction is different from what you would consider good journalism because we feel mm-hmm. that with good comedy like mm-hmm. there's some people who are comedians who are like we think are the best and you've never heard of them right and then there's people who are like eh, they're okay they're good at memes and they're like killing it right so do you ever feel like that kind of dichotomy in journalism for sure and i think this is this happens to a lot more of these like mainstream larger platforms uh. that they're kind of slaves to you know the numbers and the traffic is that at the end of the day that that's what sustains them that's what makes money but i think for an individual journalist if you want to make a name for yourself you're not going to only pump out traffic uh, trafficy clicky content yeah. you know if you really want to make a name for yourself you're going to produce a piece that is actually good journalism it's actually a really really good take and people will recognize your name for the certain takes that you have mm. i think if you are someone who brings in a ton of traffic and that is great for the company you might be really really respected within the company but i think maybe you know your name outside the company doesn't last quite as long other writers can always sniff out who's mm. just like a clip clickbait guy right. versus like oh this guy wrote this amazing thing on NPR for sure oh, yeah. and i think that there's merit to both you know like i think that there there is some sort of skill that comes with trying to figure out what brings in the most traffic like yeah. i wouldn't say that those people you know suck at their their craft or anything but yeah. i think that there's a difference between people who really really respect the art of journalism and reporting versus people who really understand content yeah those yeah. are kind of two different things right yeah. I, I like that respect yeah it's about respect man it's uh yeah you, you're talking about it's important to have a, a take mm-hmm. in your in journalism Do, would, would, is there a way you describe 
your take on things? Is there like a Ooh, what's your voice? Yeah, what's your what's, so your, what's in the, comedy? What's the Kimmy voice? Right, so in comedy, um, you voice. gotta have like a voice. Right, what's, like. Your, your if thing. your voice is strong enough, that means you get a show because other people can write in your voice. It's yeah. that it's that pervasive, you know. Yeah, yeah. But what like do you th- you feel like you're still working on it? Or do you think you have something like that? Yeah, I think my voice is pretty unapologetic because I always felt like I was kind of the kid that had nothing to lose. You know mm. what I mean? There's no like big family name out there, and there's no whatever. It was kind of my parents were like, "Go chase your dreams. We don't really know what you're doing, but just." do it because yeah, we, yeah. we're not we don't even know what Huff Post is you know yeah. and so I think that for me it was always um, like I know I'm like kind of this like I know I come off like a crazy bitch and that's because <laughs> I you said yeah. it not me uh, yeah no go ahead it is it is because like that is extremely just like <laughs> that. that's true it's who I am mm. and I cannot like I've tried to I remember in my first years in the newsroom, I really tried to just be um, like really quiet and civil and professional. And that lasted like maybe a year. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh, I have to go back to like my loud clothes and cussing a lot because I can't hide anymore under this mask, (laughs) you know? Um, And so I think like my voice is very, very unapologetic. It's rude. It's uh, It's rude. If you are Chinese, you know what Fujinese people are like. Mm. It carries a stigma. (laughs) Is that what you are? Exactly. I am Fujinese as hell like like that is just who I am and I know a lot of people like feel shame about it or whatever but I always I always love that about myself and so it's like that's how I write that's how I talk that's how I emote like that's who Mm -hmm. I am I'm kind of angry all the time are Fujinese people this is like the Bronx of China or something (laughs) (laughs) we're like we're stereotyped as very loud and impolite and have no manners and you know what I'm very loud and impolite and have no manners so I am you know all of those things but at the same time I always felt like my brand was that you can be all these things but my primary interests lie in the intersection of Asian American identity Mm -hmm. and politics and so I do a lot on immigration um, and that's you know my main passion is a lot of immigration reporting and so I've always wanted to show like you can be me I kind of look like a teenager who's like mad at their parents all the time you know like I understand I look like that I get it okay and like crossed with like a stripper and like I get that I look super (laughs) unprofessional this is the best roast this is the best roast roast. she's so frost yo you are so whack okay let me go hey look at these shoes (laughs) yeah go ahead but it's true it's like I think you can be all these things at the same time and you don't have to be super super polished but if you're smart you're smart and if you understand if you really really want to take responsibility and learn about your culture your community and all these things and do right by them you can do that too and I've always felt like you know that's the one voice that I want to show and that's Mm -hmm. what I want people to learn you know all the like little Asian girls out there like you don't really have to be no, you don't have to be nice. You can be rude as fuck. <laughs> you don't have to be. What is rude? <laughs> rude is. What are like, you doing here? <laughs> okay, I I feel like I uh, my attitude comes off a little bit aggressive sometimes, mm. um, because I am, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so. You know, I think that a lot of times people, when they see an Asian woman that's kind of, um, you know, not meek or anything like that, I think they get a little annoyed because they're like, ugh, this isn't 
really what we were expecting. Right, right, right. right. Like. Do you feel that maybe you're like people think you're rude even just just for talking <laughs> yeah. just, just like your um timbre your existence <laughs> your yeah, existence your, is your quite tone. rude to some people do you i, ever I think do that? actually think so and i think that you know in a lot of ways it's a disappointment and i understand i've kind of been like the problem child my whole life mm-hmm. you know because it's just like ooh, you're like really not what we were promised you right, know right. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, yeah. a what little we annoying promised. to us <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's like, why are you not this stereotype? Yeah. Gasp. Right, right, what? right. You're not subservient? Yeah. You have the earrings uh, of a Puerto Rican girl. Why are you doing that? Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. Right. Why is that what's happening? Oh my God, my hoops yesterday <laughs> ripped out another girl's hoops when I was giving her a hug. That's rude. Oh, it that's was so very rude. rude. And yeah. then on Twitter, I was like, and that's because I'm the better bitch. Uh, <laughs> you're like, you kind of have this like, you kind of, yeah, the Bronx is a good, exa- you have like a Cardi B thing Where to you. Where are you from? I am from upstate. Okay, so this is the thing. I think I am the way that I am because my dad kind of raised me like, one, never, ever, ever back down from a fight. And oh. I don't. I've never backed down from a fight in my entire life. Two, um, if someone like really tries to screw you over, like, just don't let them. You know, I mm. think like a classic lot of Fujinese. these <laughs> classic yeah. Fujinese. I just think that a lot of these, like, you know, Asian, a lot of Asian culture is about being really reserved and really composed. And For I sure. think a lot of it has to do with shame and honor. But I think my dad specifically took it the other way and it's like we won't be shamed you're not going to disrespect your honor because we will get back at you you know and so i was always like i'm very thankful for how i was raised because i think that just being like that you skirt the whole model minority thing you Mm -hmm. know like i've never kind of fit in that mold and so i've never felt like that my family was never like that and so you know it's kind of just how it is yeah Mm -hmm. i want to um kind of get into this because you write so you write for HuffPo, but you specifically do asian voices yes and you talked about you know writing for writing about immigration writing about Mm -hmm. asian representation um how did you like when did that passion begin for you because i know for a lot of asians and you kind of you know tweeted about this a little bit ago but a lot of asians kind of go through like a self-discovery in their early 20s and that's when they become very like proud about who they are and stuff like that was you know sort of the whole Asian power thing was that something that was part of you since from a young age or is this something you discovered in college and then you got into it by chance by writing for HuffPo kind of like walk us through like why why that path for you the steps yeah Um, so I grew up in a very white blue collar like working class town it was super red white and blue Mm -hmm. and I believe when I checked the demographics when I was younger, it was under 1% Asian. And so I think even now, if I look at it, I think there's about 40 Asians in town. And I feel like my family probably makes up most of that. Mm. So we don't know many other Asian people. Um, And so because so many of my references to my own race were kind of, were super negative. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that I come from this Chinese restaurant family. And if you're one of those people who come from Chinese restaurant families and you live in predominantly white areas, you understand the kind of stigma that's tied to that. Mm -hmm. And so instead of people thinking that you're, 
fancy agents and do all this stuff you get the absolute opposite where people think you aren't shit you know yeah yeah it's like people will shout like random ass menu items at us or like um (laughs) you know it's like oh oh, sweet chicken yeah like you know you mean naughty in the restaurant just like while you're walking around oh yeah while while you're walking around um there was a ton of that you know i remember there was like one year it was Halloween and these kids came in and they dressed up as Asian tourists and they so they literally taped their eyes back um, so that they were slanted. Um, they like the cameras around their necks, like Hawaiian shirts and everything like that. And that image made it onto the school newspaper oh as a funny thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a hilarious thing. And I, I very distinctly remember there was a teacher asking me, you know, like, did you... Do you feel uncomfortable about this? Um, and of course, because you're young and all you want to do is just like fit in with your peers, yeah, you know, totally. and you're not because you're in a town that is so isolated from the rest of your culture. You're not necessarily looking to defend your people. You're just like, OK, I'm going to say whatever I can to yeah. fit in because I just want to be one of these cool girls. How, how you know? old were you when this happened? Yeah. Um, I want to say like 15. Ooh, that's a good age. Yeah. That's a good age for racism. That's a good age for racism. That's a real prime age for racism. Did you have anything like that when you were in high school? Because, okay, so no. I always like to, I love these stories, but Mike, Mike is a privileged little Asian boy. Yeah. Okay, Mike grew up in the West Coast. He's a very confident oh, Asian person. Oh, West Coast. You know, oh. he, didn't you feel, are, he didn't feel weird about being Asian. You guys have West Coast, like, privilege. We like, do. confidence privilege. But we also had, like, straight up, like, white supremacists on campus too Ooh, so the, the two extremes yeah we had like people uh, we had like asian gangs and we had like white gangs so wow. it was like one of those things i also grew up in the 90s and everybody was in a gang so i didn't mm. i didn't have that but uh in texas when i was growing up in texas i had i would have stuff like that i remember um i had a similar moment like that where i had to sell out my own culture yeah i, I wanted to fit in and uh i just kept talking about like rice like people would laugh when i said rice Oh really? In class, <laughs> I would just say like rice a lot. Like, uh, if, like, wait, why are you doing that? It's because I want rice or something. And they would laugh, and I didn't uh, feel good about it, but I just kept doing it. Yeah, because you you get a reaction. You get a reaction. Positive, like, right? I think this is yeah. good. Like, I think they like me. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that was, at that, that age, that's a terrible joke. <laughs> no, I get it. I, yeah, yeah, I, was yeah. just, I would get just it. say rice over and over again, and people thought it was so funny, and I was like. Now that I think about it, I was like, why did I do that? Don't yeah, you yeah. wish people could laugh at just rice now? Like, now you guys have to work so much harder. Rice doesn't oh, work no, anymore. It's not, it's not funny. I would never let you do that, by the way. That if you ever if did I a rice this, if I'm on stage. and ended with rice, <laughs> you'd come I would come me. around and be like, I'm sorry, this show's over. <laughs> this is so bad. Um, so anyways, yeah, so uh, continuing on, you, 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 grew, you, grew up, you grew up in this mm-hmm. town, and right. then this is kind of related to, like, uh, you, had, you had this really uh, famous tweet that went viral, set of tweets. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, I read yeah. this. And uh, I guess you, I mean, if you want to walk us through it, yeah. How, how did that even like come about? Um, okay, so this is <laughs> this is my thing. Asian America loves talking about representation, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I am actually extremely tired of everyone pulling this phrase "representation matters" Ooh. out of their asses. Ooh. That's one of my questions. That's, that's one of your questions. That's one of that's my one questions. Of questions. Continue. Continue. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think that it is. Okay, so one, first of all, I am like a research and stats hoe. Like if if there needs to <laughs> so be like thirsty so, for those numbers. so whatever was no, it called Fuji Fujian. <laughs> so yeah, I guess Fujianese people like that shit too. Um, no, but listen, like I think that 
especially in this era when people are like fake news fake news fake news you need to back your shit up Mm. like some things you know can just exist as facebook rants everything else in news i think when you write about something back it up with like anecdotes or evidence that you know something is real something happened this mm-hmm. is like a mm, larger yeah, phenomenon that's what I'm about. Mm-hmm. or like there has to be research there has to be data backed up yep. so when the whole thing went down with crazy rich asians i really really wanted my coverage to be different because i was like why is everyone just ranting do you know why representation matters and i will there was a mm. there's an unnamed celebrity i'm not going to say who it is that i have asked this question where i was like so why does representation matter? Mm-hmm. And this person actually told me that this was a difficult question to answer. Mm. And to me, I'm like, okay, if you're going to tout this phrase, representation matters, you should know why. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. right. Okay, so there is this concept, it is called symbolic annihilation. And it is coined in 1976 by these researchers. And to me that that is crazy because we have known that there is this whole phenomenon around the absence of representation way that dates way back to the 70s, right? I was not even born then. There was a few mm. decades before I was even on this earth. Um, we knew that there were consequences. And so basically it means that your existence in this fictional world, okay, so if your existence in this fictional world is just not there it doesn't exist you're not in um entertainment hollywood books movies or whatever then your social existence in the real world is not validated Mm. and so Mm. you start to wonder do i matter as a human being so when this movie came out i was like oh god like no one is getting to the point no one is understanding why this is a big deal because we do need more movies that very accurately uh, portray the rest of the population because this is not happening right now. Mm. So why does it matter? I know why it matters to me and I understand how symbolic annihilation has affected my own life. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I was just like, okay, so this is why it matters to me. So I laid out the set of tweets. I laid out the entire, just basically, you know, from a young age, what happens when you're not represented on screen, when your only references to your race are these shitty kind of terrible racist experiences and Mm. how you end up hating your identity. Mm. And so I think hopefully because of that, people will understand that there are actually real world consequences. So after um, high school, when I was just going through, you know, like I remember going to college and thinking, you know, I'm going to hate all the Asians there and I'm not going to hang out with them and just, I'm going to, you know, I'm different, you know, Why did because, you think that? because I felt that at the time being a real American, being like this red blooded American, yeah. that meant not hanging out with Asian Americans, which is very much playing into this perpetual foreigner concept. And it's fucked up. It is not right. But then I go to college and I realize, like, Oh, you can have different types of Asians. Wait, they're not <laughs> all no, nerdy? No, no. just discovered this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cool Asians? Yeah, cool Asians. Cool Asians. Didn't know it like you guys. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Cool like, Asians. But, you know, cool Asians. But why yeah. would I, like, you know, you grew up in upstate with, like, paintball guns and bonfires. You know, I grew up uh, yeah. in the Midwest with Friday Night Football and trumpets. Yeah, um, marching band, right? Why would I know that? Uh, until, because of right? what she was saying. Exactly. Yeah. You really don't discover this until later where you go to college. Even, okay, so Georgetown doesn't really have that many Asians. I think my, uh, my year was something like 
nine percent. But is that I remember it's like a Jesuit school. It might be. I mean, mm. it's just white as fuck. Like it is just like boat shoes and vineyard vines everywhere. <laughs> um, and so I remember going there. It's just nine percent, I guess, agent for my class. And yeah. I remember thinking like, oh, this is Chinatown. <laughs> oh, oh, even nine percent. Nine percent. One percent. Exactly. Because yeah, 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 yeah. wow. you go from the being the only Asian family to yeah. like a couple others. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. why are there more of us? That's weird. <laughs> um, but there were like, there were so many, you know, three-dimensional Asians there. And, mm. you know, I didn't, I realized that we aren't what we're just seen on screen, right? We're not just nerdy, annoying mathletes. Like that, mm-hmm. that's not it. Like you can be so many different things. Um, and that was so eye-opening to me. And then, um, you know, I met a dude and then oh, yeah. the, the question was like, <laughs> why why do you like only eat grilled cheese? Like wh- why is that a thing? Like why do you not know anything about your culture um does your family even have a rice cooker you know Mm, mm -hmm. um and so it was kind of like a weird experience where you're getting shamed for not knowing anything about your culture where the opposite was true at home where you're kind of shamed for being the most asian thing that a lot of people have seen this guy was asian yeah, this, this oh, dude was Asian. Oh. He was saying that she didn't know a lot about Asian about stuff. About Asian? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. I was going to say, why would a white guy say that to you? But that makes sense. Yeah. No, that would be that would be very strange. That's a new um, article right there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I think that that was a super eye-opening experience where it was like, damn, I don't know anything about my people, about mm-hmm. my culture. It's yeah. time to repatriate myself, you know? And yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. I went through this whole process of like learning. And I think that, you know, that informed me kind of of my later career it's like i think if you kind of grow up with a lot of this um there's a part of you that takes it for granted because you're around Mm, it all the time whereas for me i had to go actively learn about it actively learn about history and actively understand what asian people are up against and so when you enter the journalism industry you're like god like okay so not only is there completely just this lack of representation um in Hollywood, there's a lack of just Asian representation in news. Like there's a ton of shit going on. I honestly feel like I'm so busy all the time and there's not, there's just not enough hours in the day to cover everything that's going on with Asian America. but it doesn't seem like that. Mm. When you look around in the news, you're like, no. where, where is our for, news, takes right? takes us forever to find links for our race news segment. I know. Yo, so <laughs> long. It takes us, like, it's like one thing a week. Right, right, like, right, okay, right. You type in Asian on New York Times, it's like 2019. Okay, one article. 2016. Oof, it's like, yeah. oh, there's a three-year gap here. And then it's always like, oh, Harvard case again. Yeah, again. It's like, what's still going on? Okay, let's just keep going, I guess. Yeah, it's crazy. So the whole mission for... Asian voices when we launched was just Asian American news needs to be mainstream. The fact that people are like, and people have said this to me so many times, they're like, you know, like your beat is so niche. Like, what the fuck do you mean so mm, true, niche? True, 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 true. We are the fastest growing demographic in America. Yeah. How is that niche? You know, yeah. there's right, like, right, 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 the, right. the world is teeming with Asian people, you know, yeah. we're everywhere. Yeah. Um, you cannot escape us. And so I yeah. don't think that that should be you know that that really should not be the mentality here and so you know like i think that 
so much of this job is just fueled by the fact that we just don't even have a baseline we don't have baseline equity in newsrooms yeah, even you know sure. mm. asian americans yeah yeah do um can, can you give me an example of like a recent thing that you, you were just like why isn't this covered more? You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, a topic or anything, you know, any, any particular story topic. you're just like, you know, like this should be in everything. And you, you realize that you're, like, you're, you're the, the only one. You're the one covering. Okay, covering this happens nobody. like probably every week. Okay. I recently did a profile on Andrew Yang. Oh yeah. Andrew Yang makes a lot of news for UBI. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, which I have to give Ronnie Chang a shout out because that, was a really great interview he did with oh, him. Yeah, that was a really yeah, fun one. Yeah, that was so funny, man. It was man. really good. Um, I think it really broke down the concept in a way that was very digestible for people. Yeah. And, yeah. like, people actually cared and, and tuned in. But the fact that nobody has really done a piece on his identity, and it, mine was kind of just the only one. And I understand people are like, oh, this is identity politics or whatever. Okay, we don't live in a post-racial society. Yeah. We, everybody has to confront this reality. We simply do not. So the fact that he's out there and then however he's perceived because he's Asian American, that does matter, you know? And then how does he, how he's represented as a presidential candidate i think it does matter and so by erasing his identity and by not touching on it we're kind of pretending that he's on the same playing field as everyone else it's one of those like all lives matter type situations where all of a sudden you're like not talking about anything because you're avoiding the 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 thing that's right Mm -hmm. there absolutely and i think that Mm -hmm. a lot of people are like oh well you're making this about um his race and not about the real issues uh false his his platform has been covered a ton but the big missing piece is just like what how his how has his identity factored into his campaign i think for sure i mean you're totally right is he does run on this whole thing he's a businessman like he's like a leader that sort of thing which are you know not to say he's he's using that but there is a story about like asian people good at business you know Mm -hmm. like all these things that are happening that you that no one has talked about really Right. right I mean, for him, and I think specifically for an Asian man doing this campaign, okay, one, we have a history of shitting and emasculating Asian men in the West. This is a Shouts. huge problem. <laughs> 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 at the knitting factory. That is a <laughs> huge <laughs> problem. <laughs> Second of all, okay, we have something called the bamboo ceiling, and it's beca- it's where Asian Americans do not get promoted in workplaces for for reasons mostly tied to the fact that there is a stereotype that we cannot lead, that we are not strong leaders, mm. that we are not we are better worker bees. So the fact that he is absolutely going for the jugular, it does matter. We can't ignore the fact that one, he's an Asian male in a place that emasculates Asian man men. Two, that it is very rare, you know, to see an Asian man just try to be a leader of an entire nation. And one thing that I really wanted to touch on in my piece, uh, journalists out there do not steal this take because they probably will go for it a little bit later, is that Asians are still seen as perpetual foreigners. So oh, in a right, sense right, right. that mm. we have this very, very conspicuously Asian face trying to lead a nation in a, you know, that's 
it's American, but a lot of people probably don't even perceive him as American. Yeah. That's a huge mm, deal. And yeah. so all these factors together, you cannot ignore the fact that Andrew Yang is Asian. I'm sorry, people. And I'm sorry. I don't know if Andrew Yang thinks this himself, but he did answer a lot of issues. Is that he felt like an underdog when he was growing up. For sure. Where did he grow up? That I'm not sure. Upstate New York. Oh. Like you. Like me. And that's another reason why I wow. really wanted to do this profile. Okay. I was like, wow. dude, I know where you're coming from. I really understand it. And so, you know, this was interesting because he said that, you know, the whole underdog mentality fueled him to do this campaign. Do you think his campaign manager is telling him not to talk about being Asian, though? Mm. I mean, I think that a lot. I think a ton of people do this. And I think that it is very, very prevalent in Hollywood. I've done interviews where, um, you know, people are like, uh, can you only do like 10% Asian questions? I'm like, you're, you're talking to the Asian voices reporter. What did you think you were going to get into here? 10%? Do you, uh, I mean, uh, that I mean, absolutely that's happened. really funny. Fumi, when you, at a certain point when, you know, we were still beginners at, at comedy, but yeah. like, did you think that you, know, I, I got too many Asian jokes. 100%. Yeah. Uh, when I first started, uh, I didn't limit myself because I just needed jokes. Yeah, of course. Then you start hearing things like, not just the Asians, but they're like, bro, you can't just talk about race all the time. Mm. You can't. And, and they, that's, that's, that's incorrect because they, they bucket your stories as race. Mm. Right. But like, if I go to the grocery store and have a thing, have a situation, why is that an Asian joke? Yeah, when yeah, yeah, some yeah. Brad guy does the same joke, but that's not a race joke. <laughs> right, right, right. right. So, you're, so if I have a story, so something that happens to me in America, it's all of a sudden an Asian joke. Right. So you can't escape it. You, you know, can't. people just, right. right? It's kind of like what you're saying. They just like bucket you in things. They just, they can only understand you in like four ways. And yeah. so now I just, I go backwards. I'm like, I'm going to go Asian, but I'm going to like, I'm going to try to find like an angle that you've never even thought of. Right, right. So that the whole thing. So it's not even at, at the end, if you really think about it, it's not an Asian joke. Mm -hmm. It's a joke about anal <laughs> or something but it's right, like but i just right. happen to be asian guys it's like so many of our experiences the reason why race is in there is because you cannot escape the fact that you're asian like the the world sees you a certain mm -hmm. way i've tried yeah mm -hmm. i tried to get out i couldn't you know so. <laughs> yeah one thing that somebody said to me that i found kind of not insulting but it was more like oh you don't get it is this one comic white dude I would actually consider him a friend. He's a nice guy. Yeah. When I was for, when I was like two years in, he did bring this up to me. He was like, "Dude, I think you're doing too many Asian jokes." Uh, and he was like, "And I was like, well, I mean, like I said, like whatever. I don't remember what I said." But then he he gave he used this other black comedian as an example in the circle, and he's very funny. But he's like, "You see how that guy talks about his life without saying the word black?" And I was like, "Yeah, oh, but like yikes. we don't have the luxury of doing that because <laughs> you don't know who we are." Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, like. If a black, like that's the thing is like for, for a lot of black comedians, because they've just been here longer and they've gone through so much shit that there are certain activities that you just say the activity's name and people just assume in their, in their mind, they're assuming like There's a like black, black community. Spaces, black spaces, exactly. Yeah. They're like, we don't, Asian people don't really have that unless it's like, I was at a sumo tournament or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I have to go really on the nose for yeah, you to be yeah, like yeah. all Asians. Guys we all go to, yeah, right? Yeah, right? We, to, you know, <laughs> we go to sumo tournaments. I have to be like, last weekend, man. I have to right? say that shit to get there. So it's like, <laughs> of course I have to over-explain being Asian. And right, that's, that's the so thing interesting. that people don't understand is sometimes we have to over-explain things and they're like, well, you're being, you're talking about Asian too much. And it's like, so I want to like kind of wrap it up on this topic you're you're a twitter person oh yeah here you're we a go twitter person right this is some, am i yeah. you are you have a lot of followers i, know, oh, I feel too viral. like journalism you if you're, a journalist, if you're a journalist and you're like 
No, you don't have to be, but like it helps to be good at Twitter and to like know how to use. Twitter. I feel like I am so shitty at Twitter. What? You went viral. You went viral. Did you get any um, like when you posted when you tweeted that thing that went viral about you know how you were ashamed to be Chinese and you discovered yourself in your twenties and now you're proud to be Chinese? Uh, did you get a lot of? Positive DMs, and also, did you get some negative DMs? Oh, actually, well, rephrase. How much negative did you get? Let's just and go negative. Did you get negative? <laughs> a lot of negative from white people and Asian people. Um. Okay. It is difficult to. Okay, so I think if you are a reporter, especially if you are a woman of color, and if you are a woman of color and you are Asian, um, and you're trying to do a serious profession. No one is Ooh, really. Strikes, yeah. No one is really <laughs> happy about it. That's so crazy. With an opinion, people, with job, I with hear a that all serious the time. job. Mm, Nobody no is happy about it. So a lot of my DMs are like, "Is your pussy slanted?" Like a lot <laughs> of my DMs. Are you serious? Yes, a ton of my DMs. So and many twelve-year-old boys on Twitter. Uh, it's awful, and I will I will post a lot of it. People Dude, will be I, like, "Who did you fuck to get there?" I uh, yeah. What, my, what, my my favorite thing on your Twitter is you have this thing That's about a cover photo. Yeah, yeah oh. the, the food. <laughs> The, the thing about it, someone calls you a dog eater and tells you to get a real job or whatever mm-hmm. like that. Oh, yeah. it's, it's so good. It's so good. I feel that every uh, every one of us should have like a t-shirt and we have a special day where we wear that t-shirt. Like of about a, how many times you've been. Yeah, hateful DM or <laughs> yeah. somebody, whenever someone's called you like a dog eater or something like, like a, that. Yeah. I said like what? Goke supremacist bullshit. I'm a, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. that's my neck tattoo, guys. I've that's been sick. thinking about a neck tattoo for a while and yeah. I just don't, I don't think anything else is better than dog, dog eater. eater or whatever, right? Yeah, you could put that's dog eater on your next one. And that would be Boom. fire. Yeah, be for sure. So, I was thinking about Tiny Barbecue Girl for a while just yeah. to like troll the shit out of Ariana Delicious. Okay. I... Okay, I guess our last question is, is Twitter worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is Twitter worth it? Do you want to be abused every day? I don't know. That sounds awful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, personally, okay, so I think like, and a lot of other POC journalists will tell you this too. If you are told every single day that you do not belong in a newsroom, and this happens to me a lot, um, you start to believe it, you know? And so I've had a lot of days where I'm like, Uh, I don't know if I can last in this industry. I really don't know because, you know, after a certain point of time, you're not going to be hardened by a lot of this. Instead, you're just going to be like, oh, all these people are telling me the same thing. Do I actually belong here? And so for me, I definitely have days where I'm like, okay, I'm going to ignore the internet. I'm going to disable everything. Just like get off the grid. So, and I think that probably for a lot of Asian dudes, it's, it's, it, it, it's probably something you deal with too, you know? Uh, not nearly as much. Yeah, we don't get, <laughs> I mean, like much. hateful DMs for being an Asian guy. Yeah, I haven't had, I haven't had a I good no gook DMs, in a while. I get no DMs, which is equally as hurtful. What's that? <laughs> I get no DMs. Yeah, no DMs. Please, please someone, please, please someone make fun of me. Please, please DM no. me. No, go ahead. Yeah. No, that sounds, sounds awful. Yeah, it is pretty, it's shitty. And I get it kind of everywhere. So I think that a lot of people are very invested in finding you on every single platform. So mm. I know that I'll get, you know. Foursquare, in- Yelp. 4chan, 4chan. No, oh, not 4chan. 4chan. Isn't don't that for there. white supremacists? Yeah, 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 don't yeah, go yeah. There. yeah, I don't have a 4chan, that's why. Um, yeah. But you know, people will find me on Instagram and all of it, I think for especially Asian women, because we have such a, like we are so fetishized and yeah, that well, stereotype sure. is, yeah. you know, is like the complete opposite of Asian men. Um, a lot of this stuff is like cutting you down in a sexual way. And so mm. it feels 
it feels disgusting like it really feels like oh god like what did i do wrong and that's that should not be how yeah, yeah, anybody yeah. feels you right, know right, right, right. but that's kind of just how and i feel like if you ask any number of uh asian female journalists they're going to say the same <laughs> thing it's like someone um I remember one time someone tweeted at me like, oh, you probably fuck all these white guys to get acceptance from the white community. Was that Asian dude? I have no idea. Asian dudes do that and it's fucking terrible. That, yeah. that is definitely a thing. I don't follow thing. the guy today because of that. These, Why? these he, incels? He, he, I don't know. He just, he was kind of like too woke and he just like, he just like does this thing where it's like if, oh, he, sh- he shits on Asian women. Yeah. And it's just like, if you're not like constantly like knee deep in Asian dick, you're like not a, like a true like follower of true believer and shit. And I was like, we're just like, just fucking jerk off and go home, dude. Like, <laughs> fuck you. It's, it's annoying. It's like, I understand where they're coming from. You know what I mean? I mean because I it's like, I understand that, you know, the history of Asian men in the US it's for it's sure really fraught and it yeah. goes even back to immigration since you know um, the Chinese Exclusion Act exactly, exactly. where you Asian men <laughs> exactly exactly I don't know we talked about it once no we did it's basically just like because of the Exclusion Act Asian men weren't able to have nuclear families with Asian women and Word. then uh, anti-miscegenation miscegenation yeah. well, kept them away from other women as well and so in that way they were, their masculinity in the traditional sense was cut off mm. and so there's a lot of pain there I get it um, blue ball pain that's what yeah, yeah, yeah. centuries centuries of centuries a 200 of year blue ball woo, woo. that's uh, a sick ass uh, rap name it's <laughs> 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 a sick ass um uh, like Western, I feel that could two hundred year blue ball. Yeah, just like like a Chinese just following Western? a bunch of dudes <laughs> in Chinatown, and, making and they're just like yeah, doing the railroad. And yeah, they're yeah, like yeah. on Friday night, they're yeah. just like it's all in pain. Man, let's oh. go, uh, let's go hang out and try to get some ladies. It's like we're not and allowed. Like, oh, oh, we're no, not allowed. It's oh, illegal. Oh no, that's, that a, good, that's a good script. Okay. Well, okay yeah. well i hope you make that script well i, <laughs> I hope you make that uh, i'm I gonna hold you accountable to you because that sounds fucking terrible thank but you but also you know and so that that whole thing is really annoying but second of all because okay i like also i'm into asian dudes so get your facts straight guys like Dang, hollywood's, no. hollywood's entire out. okay hollywood's whole like portraying asian men in a terrible light didn't work on me motherfucker. it didn't work on you. okay no. <laughs> I wasn't brainwashed by that shit, so don't even go after me for that. Yo, that makes me so up. mad. Just back up, you know? Get the facts right from the journalist. <laughs> yeah, do some exactly. research. Do some research. Do some research. Do some research. Exactly. Can you just, she loves it. Can you just seriously, like, if you're going to come after me, like, at least make it factual. Dang. That wasn't even factual. Okay? No facts. So, yeah, my longest relationship, Asian dude. So, take, take that. Whatever. Yeah, take Lonely that. Lonely Asian guy. Yeah, take that. <laughs> Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And we're back with our guest, Kimmy Yam. Yam? Yam, yeah, Yum. that was good. That was good. Kimmy Yam. 
uh, from HuffPo, and we're doing our favorite segment, Das, das Race News. We got a couple of juicy ones today. The first so one is uh, a, a New York Times style article, uh, which means it's not factual at all, but it'll be very <laughs> emotional. And uh, it is indeed, because the title is, I broke up... Um, is it, where does it go? I broke up with her because she's white. Mm. When it comes to dating, I'd rather not think about race, but that's hard to avoid. So this writer talks about how he, uh, I, I, he's uh, Latinx, yep. I believe mm-hmm. he is. Dominican, I believe. Dominican, and he um, was with a, uh, a white girl, and then they, they broke up because in his words because he was white he relates um how he grew up and how he was taught by his father that you know you need to be chosen by a white person Mm -hmm. which is an interesting thing uh you know as a way to get out the hood i guess you could say and then how uh he had to kind of like live with a lot of uh, I guess what you might call microaggressions in in a lot in a lot of ways. From yeah, her some of the that things sort of that stuff. he went through was you know I think of microaggressions from always from like an Asian perspective, but for sure some of the shit that he went through was like fucked up, man. Like yeah, uh, the white parents of his white girlfriend would sometimes open the door and shut it on him and be like sorry it's not taco night yeah what the fuck <laughs> you know what it is too about microaggressions it's just like that's it's just, not micro it's just like it's just that's like the worst joke you've ever that's heard that's the thing these white dads need new jokes yo white dads you're like it didn't even land it didn't, guys. Even, it didn't land. even land you know what i'm saying come on now tacos um this yeah so these the, the so he had to break up with her because he's white and um, you know he talks about you know hey we're in, we're in an age now all these right, things you can't matter. ignore butt race right you can't politics ignore race. matters yeah and uh, I don't know it's 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 tricky you know what one thing that was really interesting or that, that stood out to me was uh, there's all this talk about how you have to be chosen by by a white woman so she can quote unquote save you on this stuff but then he talks about when he started dating her he would get hate from his own community mm-hmm. they'd be like oh why are you trying to like you know why, you guys trying to be white you guys trying to be white so it's like a double edged sword you know it's mm. like he was like I thought I was supposed to do this and then when you get there your own people are like what do you, do you think you're, you think you're better than me Ooh, yeah right. I mean there's just there's there's so much complexity around it I think that when it comes to Asians there's a whole other kind of battle because I, I do and I've said this a million times but because Asian men are so just portrayed as kind of like sex sexless undesirable automatons you don't gotta rub it in but yeah, okay. <laughs> no. automatons should I, should I keep going I can keep not going us, though. Not, not, us. Us. Not, not us not us not us sexless <laughs> undesirable automatons um, but yeah so because of this history i get where so i i and i've talked to a lot of my asian male friends about this you know dating a white woman does not mean you leveled up i'm sorry it does not mean that but there is an absolute perception for sure yeah. that you did like yeah. it's congrats like you you hit the white level like that really yeah. means something <laughs> you know what i mean and yeah. like that a hundred percent does not mean that. That just means that you've bought into this narrative that whiteness is best. Yeah. I don't think anybody should be dating out of social responsibility, you know? So it's like, yeah, I don't think like you should. plastic bags, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, except I don't think, do yeah, Asians would probably just bring their own recycled bags, right? <laughs> Reusable chopsticks. Reusable, yeah, because yeah. we Fucking don't want that five cent tax. Yeah. We're not yeah. doing that. Nah. Have you um, dated interracially? Dated interracially. Okay, so a thing that I don't do is date. Okay. Um, you, just, you, just, you just fuck? I just, um, so Strong. basically, 
I don't know. I guess I made. That's that Fujian. You know, they out here. They DDF. Uh, in the great words of Fifty Cent, I'm a motherfucking PAMP. Yeah. No, oh, just kidding. You? No, That's cool. honestly though, um, I don't. Okay, this is like the most Asian mentality ever. I hmm. really rarely date, and when I say date, I mean like I put effort into this, hmm. um, because I do think it's a distraction, yeah. and I kind of mm. always felt that if I'm gonna be chasing my dreams, like I kind of don't need distraction so in the this whole like grand scheme so i've been in new york since 2014 mm -hmm. and i've only given it a real shot like kind like once and that was like kind of recently that's enough and yeah. um <laughs> now you. you know how mariah carey uh sued <laughs> james packer because she was like you wasted my time like i kind um, of feel that way right now i feel this that dude i feel that um well okay he he's actually like really cool i feel like like i want to see him win he's like a super genius or whatever okay. but you know, like in the grand scheme of things, I do feel like I just don't, I don't know. I just, I guess like in the super Asian way, I don't, I don't want distractions. Yeah. I, will, <laughs> I, will, I do want to give a warning out to the listeners and the people who read this piece that, you know, just because you date within your race doesn't mean there's, there's going to be no more microaggressions, right? Mm. Especially among Asians, you That's know, true. right? If you, if you are Vietnamese dating somebody who's Japanese, hey, those Japanese people are gonna talk shit behind your back, okay? Because that Asian right. hierarchy. So I don't know. It's like it's not. I see his point, but it never ends. It's an interesting it thing, though, because I, I feel that you know you, you talk about you shouldn't date, you shouldn't feel you should date out of social responsibility. But if things are coming to such a head now, and we you know we got an episode coming up where we where one of our friends talks about how she broke up with her boy boyfriend not because he's white but because of like an instance which was very racially charged mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think that you know th there's this weird element now where there's uh that that's like a factor yeah. you know yeah. th th a factor that is more political than it used to be yes right. i think know? it's not even like are you white it's like how good are you about how good are you at talking about race? Yeah. Almost. And also like empathizing. Yeah. I think yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, huge yeah. factor. It's like, okay, I don't think anyone, I think it should be, you know, a fair playing field all around. But I think if you do date interracially, the other side needs to understand where you're coming from. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They have to be sensitive to where you're coming from. And especially under this environment. Um, I do understand that when you date within your right. own race and I've been in love before, I was very young, but when that happened, I think that part of that was because there was an understanding. There was a cultural understanding. There are certain things that you really just don't have to explain and go mm. out of your way to explain yep. no one's gonna say your food is disgusting and no one is going to you know make like really uncomfortable jokes you know it's yeah. just like they're and then when you do make jokes it's very much within the community you know like mm. we can make jokes about how um our parents keep like our sofas covered in plastic yeah, forever yeah, 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 you know yeah, yeah. like that's a very insular like community joke but when someone says something like oh you guys are like good at math or can you even see it's yeah, like, yeah 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 are your eyes like widescreen or whatever right. it's called like that's just like <laughs> an old ass like annoying tired thing and so you don't deal with that if yeah. you date within your community yeah. I, you know and yeah. so mm -hmm. i mm -hmm. i understand mm -hmm the benefits of dating within i understand that people just fall in love because they fall in love yeah. you know i i always say that the the best thing is that 
if you're dating an Asian person is that you don't have to explain that yes I want to eat rice again today <laughs> yeah yes every day say, you know, say, say yes oh, every day right. I feel you what because, I, because I, yeah. Uh, yeah I'm dating uh, a white girl I'm so sorry a white and uh, <laughs> you know it's interesting she's not the thing is she's Bulgarian she's like an immigrant yeah. and I think so that's, she's got a thing so yeah. That, yeah. and like she you know she grew up poor and all this shit like we have the same immigrant mentality and I think that's why we bonded right. over certain things Fair. because I wouldn't really bucket her in the same category as like my white friends from Ohio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like yeah. she's very cultured. She grew up here. Yeah. She goes, she speaks Bulgarian, yep. all that stuff. But that said, like foreign people, um, they do, they will like get like her dad, if I go to her, her house and have for dinner or something, yeah. he'll always try to explain Bulgarian food using Japanese food terminology because <laughs> he thinks I don't understand. So this it, is like a sushi, but with meat inside. I'm not even joking. So they have, a, they have a dish where it's just it's cabbage. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You put rice in it. Okay. Oh, it's like backwards sushi. It's like probably from China, but they eat it in Bulgaria. And he's like, oh, this is like Bulgarian that sushi. And I'm like, Chinese. you know, but he's got that like an so accent funny. and everything. It doesn't sound that racist. And I know who he is. He's like a goofy dad. And foreign people just don't always. Here we go. Once again, tune, right? goofy dads getting, goofy getting dads. people in trouble. So he'll you know? be like, he'll be like, this is Bulgarian sushi. And then he'll have, he like makes his own alcohol at home because that's just the kind of oh, life he leads. That's and, cool. And, <laughs> that's and, metal. And like, I know, I know <laughs> nice. what alcohol is obviously but he'll be like this is like Bulgarian sake <laughs> oh God, that's so funny does he show you pants and it's like oh these are like Japanese kimonos but for your legs come on okay so that comes down to uh, to you know well white dads you know you gotta step, step up your up, game step, step up your game, game. Step game. Okay. Uh, speaking of white dads this is a town full of white dads probably yes. and it's in Germany <laughs> yes and this comes from Vice yep. and this is this has been going around so you guys have probably heard of it but uh, the title is what I learned about racism as the only Chinese person at a quote-unquote Chinese, Chinese festival. festival. Uh, this is, um, we just want to give a quick shout-out to Marvin Shin. I hope that I'm saying it, his name is Marvin Shin Ku. Uh, I believe he is German. He's German-Chinese. German-Chinese, yeah. which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Um, he got super lost. I didn't and, know they were over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... This is a great article. And it's really interesting. I had so no idea so that this festival is here. Yeah. But um, yeah, and the, here's the, the, the sub here is every year, 2,000 people come together. 20,000. 20,000, excuse me. 20,000 people come together to wear eyeliner and shout ni hao at each other at a Chinese festival in the Bavarian town of Dietfurt. Right. Well, I, I appreciated that deck so much because that is my internal dialogue. I feel like all day is like, oh, these white people shouting new how at me. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, you don't even have to go to there, dude. If you just walk down Broadway. Yeah, you just walk down Broadway. People will be yelling new how at me all day. So, yeah. th- so this fe- festival is like uh, in this town called Dietfurt, but did you read uh, the, the reason why they do it is fascinating. Yeah, the right? history of it. Right. So they say, legend has it that long ago, the bishop of a nearby town of of Eichstadt sent his treasurer to Dietfurt to collect taxes. The people of Dietfurt got wind of it, so they barricaded the city gates and left the treasurer outside. He stopped back in uh, in a rage and complained that the Dietfuritans were hiding behind their walls like the Chinese. If and when this might actually have happened isn't exactly clear, but Dietfurt has chosen to identify itself with Chinese culture ever since. So they have this whole festival. They have a quote-unquote 
emperor, yep. right? That is just a what white is, dude. What's it, his name? Again? Uh, they have a local butcher shop called renamed the China Butcher Shop, yep. and the bakery is transformed into a Chinese bakery selling. They just put the word Chinese for in front of everything: Chinese donuts and Chinese pretzels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Chinese light the beer branding. Yeah, yeah exactly. Honestly, Chinese reminds Lantern. me of Chinatown in DC. Just yeah, just Chinese in front of everything, but nothing Chinese. But nothing Chinese. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, it does yeah. feel like this is just becomes one giant but Chinatown. But they take you can, it really seriously. That yeah, was the most yeah. fascinating part. This is not just like. You know whether it's offensive or not. That's we can get to that later. But they take it very seriously. They wake up at like one a.m. Mm-hmm. They make hot soup. Yeah, uh, they're they like waking out, everybody they up. Makeup. They yep. make up. Ma- they put on makeup they're to make their eyes look sexy. And they're like tape on mustaches. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Manchu mustaches. Uh, it's it's pretty tense. Uh, also, I would just want to say I don't know if you guys noticed, but um, Marvin's outfits are fire, absolutely fire. So don't think Marvin that I didn't notice because I know you were. I know that if you're into as, as much into fashion as I think you might be, mm. you woke up that morning at this festival going, "What should I wear?" <laughs> <laughs> I can't be. You know what I'm saying? People are, are going to be. You're already Chinese as a motherfucker. Yeah. So you, you got to go the other way and dress like full goth or whatever it is you dressed as. So it's really interesting. I mean, what, what were your what was your take on it? I think I, you, you tweeted about this. Yeah. I mean, one Marvin is a great writer. Yeah, for sure. Do you know um, him? I do not know him, but I want to. Marvin, mm. can you like yeah, tweet at him? Yeah, we'll, tweet we'll, at him. We'll tweet at him. Yeah, Marvin, like let's let's talk because I feel like we have the same internal mon- or dialogue. Um. Okay, so he's a great writer too. His facial expressions oh in every single photo, fire. Mm. Like they're just they can't lie. He is uncomfortable as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is so uncomfortable he's and just, he just He's just trying to think, how do I get out of this situation? <laughs> Why yeah. like a one piece for sure. Like you're amused, but you feel like kind of sorry for him, but you're also like, damn, like let you do your craft like i know i understand where you're coming from this, there's stick a, it out for a little there's bit longer a picture of him and he's sitting in the throne and i didn't notice it before but the subtitle for or the the caption is the author in his natural habitat <laughs> <laughs> like it's so the whole piece is so well done and it's i think so good. i think the takeaway too was good too i i think that when we and then this is when you know outrage culture kind of does that for a lot of different subjects it's like when we talk about different things we don't talk about kind of uh the intent behind them sure and like levels of outrage you're supposed to have so yeah. when when you first see something like this you're like oh my god what the fuck like this is crazy but when you read into it it's not that they're coming from a super malicious place right i think that when someone comes from a malicious place like puts on a rice picker hat tapes their eyes back or whatever that's that's one thing. That's when they're outwardly mocking your culture. When they believe <laughs> that this is how you're supposed to celebrate another culture, <laughs> they're being super ignorant and annoying. <laughs> yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah. yes, I do want to singe my eyes out. But <laughs> at the same time, like, it is not, you cannot get mad at them in the same way that you would Absolutely. someone who's Absolutely. super racist. This, yeah, there's 20,000 yeah. people behind this. Yeah, and I think Marvin definitely talks to that and he has mm-hmm. like kind of ambivalent feelings about it right and you know he definitely calls out like yellow face not not cool that's right. definitely like uh, yeah that's really not one of those things where even if you're well in meaning really good friend did it you just be like that, i mean that's all that's as closest to n-word as you can get for us is like <laughs> that's really not like not like a fun thing for us to right, experience right, ever right, right, right. you know even as a joke uh and like the outfits it's like oh that might be okay some of this is like so off mm-hmm. that you're just like i 
guess you're talking about Chinese people. Yeah. I don't know what China you're talking about, but, but you like, know, I would equate it to this. Like this is, I mean, at, at the end he says that it was like half and half, like yeah, some, yeah, yeah, for sure. Which is like right. an amazing rate considering the circumstances. You told me about a Chinese <laughs> festival in Germany. I would be like, oh, get the fuck out of there. Right, right, it's right, a taken right. situation. But like, we, have you guys been, been to like Japan or like back in Asia and you go to like a French bakery and everybody there's dressed up in like pinstripe shirts and they're wearing the berets. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, what yeah. do you think? Like, what do French? What do French people think about that? So that's you know? that's interesting because I think. Well, first of all, there's there's no there's nobody like taping up their eyes, you know, to make more make themselves look that's more. True. French. Yeah. yeah, I think it's like, yeah, I mean that is that is a little weird. It's but like that one is like they're trying to emulate French food as close as possible like yeah. they like definitely like elevate french food this one they just fucking put the word china in front of the word bakery <laughs> there's no like china bakery he talks about effort in yeah, this exactly. he talks about effort like right. are you trying to do yeah. the do it the best way are you possible trying, like are you like you know that those you know that like french bakeries are really big in korea and you know that those like those people studied in france and they have like right. a way of making french yeah. food there is like a such a thing also and, like, it's fucking good it's, it's fucking like, good. It's like so if it, you're enraged at the race them sit down and take a bite yeah exactly have uh, some of this cheesecake have first, this, like, or hot dog whatever it is yeah. you know and then and then try to try to figure that out there yeah. is like and also there is like a thing where it's like you know to you 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 touched upon this before but you want it to be french because you're con that that's considered like elevated Mm -hmm. right for for pastries right exactly yeah. whereas there's no there's not like korean there's korean chinese food yeah. right and it's like not elevated it's just like it, it's great it's people thing. love it mm -hmm. yeah. but it's not like elevated food where it's like oh my god we're eating french food it's so fucking oh, sophisticated yeah, yeah, like yeah, a yeah, 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 right yeah. it's like a special thing and um well it's kind of like how you know there's there's no such thing as reverse racism and if you want to really get into it like yes french people have colonized asian countries sure. like that is like a there's a history there's a painful shouts. history there <laughs> shouts to yeah. colonies Ooh, um, Ooh, shouts to indochina <laughs> yeah exactly and so like there is a painful history there if french people were to do that and try to you know look like really crazy caricatured asian people that's that's not cool but yeah, if yeah, asian yeah. people were to do the opposite that's uh ignorant but that's not racist you right know what that's I mean? us mm. like trying to like because well, you know we're perceiving there to be levels of race and we're aspiring to right. be another thing right that whole power structure is, is very different and so i, I just don't, i don't think it's the same thing mm. but but do i think these german people who are like celebrating this festival are they evil i don't no, think I they're don't, yeah. evil yeah. it isn't it's not like they're burning crosses or something like that i guess they right. seem to be cool with yeah with him being there. <laughs> but well, I just hope that... Sacrifice a Chinese guy. <laughs> <laughs> and now, finally, for, the, for everyone's favorite part, it's like Burning Man, but a Chinese dude that's, named Andrew That's dies. actually what they couldn't publish. We haven't heard from him. We haven't heard from him. He's dead. Gone. He's dead. That's the most, like, vice ending <laughs> to an yeah, article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this and is vice. he was a sacrifice. I'm dead. He just lights himself. He didn't want, they didn't want to kill him. He, yeah. he killed himself. Uh, well, shouts to Marvin. We'll be tweeting at you later. And um, Great and, article. And shouts to Dietfurt. And we're back with our guest, Kimmy Yam. Yay. Yeah, from HuffPo. And we're going to play a quick game. Uh, we're going to call this, um, we've done variations of this, but we're, we're going to call this clickbait. Why not? Oh, God. And what it is, is uh, you are a journalist. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> as we all know, journalists uh, are only good at making clickbaity titles. <laughs> so what <laughs> I did was I found, yeah, I found some regular, uh, regular, Headlines from real news sources, not like HuffPo. No, I'm scared. Then we, <laughs> the shade. Yeah, okay. Exactly. And we, uh, I just want you to try to rewrite these 
titles uh, into something clickbaity. Okay. Here's one. Theresa May to ask EU for Brexit extension. Um, okay. Theresa May. Um, oh, God. This is tough. Yeah, that's a that. Come on. It's in there. It's in there. Oh, my it's God. In there. This is, um, what's the movie you compared it to earlier? Not Game of Thrones. Oh, Hunger Games. Hunger Games, baby. Hunger Games. Uh, Theresa May uh, approaches Parliament with enormous ask. (laughs) That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I closed the curiosity gap a little bit. You did? Mm, I did. did, I did. Because I'm just, oh, I can't do clickbait. It's not like Theresa May asked for what? (laughs) (laughs) That's That's a good one. That's really good. That's like, whoa, clickbait. I couldn't do that. I I love how your brain blocks those. I know. You need to unfilter your brain. What? I want, uh, let's just do, let's just, let's just do one more. Okay. okay. Um, Trump retreats saying healthcare plan will appear, reappear after elections. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, maybe Trump, <laughs> Trump blames Obama for healthcare crisis. Oh, that's, like, that's, that's not it. even, that's not even in here. That's, that's amazing. Not, yeah, but you, that's, you just, you just know what he's going to do. Obama right. SEO. Right. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, I should, I need to bring Obama closer to the front. Um, that's how it works. Oh, is that how that works? Yeah, all the keywords in the front. Oh God, I'm I'm showing you guys how the sausage is made. What oh, am I doing? This is delicious <laughs> sausage. <laughs> this is a delicious sausage. Okay, everybody, that was episode 59. We hope you enjoyed it. Again, our guest today was Kimberly Yam from the Huffington Post. Uh, Kimmy, do you want to you wanna plug anything on the podcast? This will come out next Monday. Ah, uh, plug anything Your social media, p- any events coming up, any articles you wrote, any videos you made, you want to get some views? Um, okay, just follow me on all social media platforms. My handle is extremely professional. This is how you can tell I am a real hard-hitting journalist it's kimmy the poo k-i-m-m-y-t-h-e-p-o-o-h nice great. um it's because i wear a lot of crop tops and no pants just like winnie the Pooh. Hmm. um so yeah there we go just follow me everywhere so Fijian. i'm gonna <laughs> i'm yeah, gonna yeah. be dropping a lot of cool <laughs> stuff soon and also heritage month is coming up next month so we're okay Asian Voices is not going to fail you guys. We're going to have a lot of really, really, Ooh, really, really, really awesome stuff. It's going to be great. I'm going to do Molly every single day in May. I for, mean, for the Asians. Yeah. Oh, for all right. The for, the cause. for the That's cause. So and uh, again, Mike is going to San Francisco. Tell him your dates. I will be there uh, the 9th through through that week. So on the 9th, I will be at uh, Pizza Hacker. On the 10th, I will be at uh, The Laundry. And then on the 12th, I will be at <laughs> this the... This also s- made up. I know. At, <laughs> no, this, I will, and on the 12th, I will be at The Setup at 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. So come check me out. It'll be great. Hell yeah. And uh, please follow us on Instagram at Asian, not Asian. Asian pod and you can also find me on there at the Fumiabe. that's C-H-E-F-U-M-I-A-B-E and you can find me on Instagram at NicePantsBro also check out our Patreon uh, patreon.com slash Asian not Asian pod and please leave an iTunes review because that always helps and by the time this comes out uh, it'll, it'll be next week so Hack City will be April 17th. 17th Wednesday 8 o'clock at Canal Street Market address is 265 Canal Street we have new comedians every time come check us out we're working on the chair situation we're working on a chair situation we, we might have a solution so. we're gonna get more chairs for you guys yes don't you worry about a thing we got you girl um, and boys so do that and I'm gonna be going to Japan for a couple weeks so the new the next couple episodes yeah. will be um, Wait, are you performing ones. yes I am we performing. have some fans in Tokyo oh should I, should I plug yeah oh man okay hold on I'll be at um, 
but this address is not going to make any sense at like 90% of the, okay. Uh, on February, I'm sorry, on April 14th, Sunday, this is 6.30 a.m. because that's New York time. I don't know. That's 6.30 a.m. New York time. So whatever that is in Tokyo time, I'll be at stand-up. I'll be at the Life Standard Cafe. <laughs> I can't even, how do you read this address? 6-9 Azabujuban. Do you know where you're going? This is what it says. 3 Chome, Minato, Tokyo, Japan, 106-0045. I'll put a thing on Instagram. Just, <laughs> just watch out for my Instagram. But 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 uh, apparently on Sunday, April 14th, 6.30 a.m. 6.30 a.m. New York time. New York time. I'll be doing comedy in Tokyo. So come check me out. And I think that's it. I think you guys have been it. amazing. I'm going to miss you guys. Oh, yeah. Miss you guys. Well, it's going to be good. You're I think the come next back? time you're going to hear us like live live is... Probably May, maybe. maybe. Dude. Hopefully, end of April. I'll be doing Molly at that time. Yeah. For sure. We'll have changed. We'll have, I'll have a beard, maybe. Can we go without each other for three weeks? I know. It's going to be so that weird. What's that that chemistry? Ah, 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 ah. Uh, <laughs> so, it'll be great. And uh, thank you again to Kimi Yam. Yes, thank you. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. This episode of Asian Not Asian is presented in partnership with Listening Party. Follow the crew on Instagram at Listening Party Presents and at Canal Street Market.